going to be in John chapter 11 if you want to take your Bibles and get ready to go there. Um, today's message is, is a message of hope because today's message is all about resurrection power. And resurrection power, biblical resurrection, carries with it the greatest power in all the world. Do you believe that? Do you know when Jesus spoke those words, I am the resurrection and the life, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying, he spoke those words to Martha of Bethany. And when he got all done, he said, Martha, do you believe this? You know what Martha's response was? Yes, Lord, I believe that. And the question I have for everyone hearing my voice today, and I wanna welcome all of you and all of you who are joining with us online, is do you believe Jesus' words when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, and if you believe in me, you will live. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you believe that resurrection power is the greatest word, that word resurrection, for deliverance in the world today? Do you believe that resurrection brings the greatest hope in this world that we live in today? I certainly trust that you aren't putting your hope in your IRA. If you're not laughing, it's because you haven't looked at your IRA lately. <laughs> I really trust that you're not putting your hope, the hope of your future, into the hands of people. I certainly hope that you're not putting your hope in local, county, state, national, or even world leaders because they're not going to help you. They're not going to give you what you need. They don't have the ability to, to deliver for you resurrection power like Jesus has. The one who is the light in this dark world, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is alive today, my friends, because of resurrection power. He's the victor over sin and death. We just sang about that. And he's the victor because of resurrection power. We don't serve a dead master. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is alive. We serve a risen Savior. He's alive and well, and he's working miracles in the world today. Do you believe that? We're going to find out as we work down through this. He's still the bread of life, he's still the light of the world. I don't care what anybody's telling you. I don't care what people are trying to redefine in your life or in your world around you. It's not true. The things that we are proclaiming here come straight out of God's word and God's word is truth. All truth comes from God's word. And the things I am saying to you are truth. He's still the only door to salvation. There's only one way to salvation. It's through Jesus Christ. He's still the only way to eternal life with the Father. He's still the good shepherd. And he is still 
the resurrection and the life. He proclaimed it way back then in Bethany in John chapter 11, and it's still true today. Jesus Christ is the resurrection, and he's the only one with power to make what is dead alive. And he's going to do it again today. The resurrection is a person, not an Easter event. Resurrection power is available all year long, not just on Easter Sunday. And today, I believe that Jesus is going to reach out from the pages of the Bible with this message. And I want you to hear it. And I'm not talking to just one particular kind of people. I'm talking to every single person sitting here and listening to my voice today. This is the message that the Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ is going to touch you with, and it is this. My resurrection power can touch that which is dead in you and bring it back to life again. It's available today. It can happen in your heart and in your life today. So, do you believe this? Four people believe this. <laughs> you know what's really cool is that it's a biblical fact that those of us who know the Lord, those of us who have been saved, carry inside of us, the scripture says, the incomparably great power of the resurrection. Ephesians chapter one tells us that. The same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is at work in us to the praise of his glory. You have resurrection power living in you if you know the Lord. That's, you hear us talk about it all the time. That makes us the most powerful people on the planet because the most powerful force in the earth today is resurrection power. You have that inside of you, and that's really good news. Because even if you're in a dead place right now, even if you're in a place that is far from the Lord right now, if you are truly a believer and because of whatever, it might be even that you're in this, the deep part of your life because of circumstances that have happened in your world lately. The resurrection power can still bring to life that which is dying or has been dead in your life for a while. Because when Christ comes to us, before we're saved, the scripture says that we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And when we accept Christ as our savior, we are made alive in Jesus Christ through the resurrection power. We're going to talk about that as we go to communion at the end of the service and we remember the Lord and all that he has done for us. And so I want to, in preparation for that, just stop in the story of John chapter 11, which has been noted to be the greatest miracle that Jesus did on earth, and hopefully you're there in your Bibles, John chapter 11. And here's what I want you to do. Can you pretend you've never heard this story before? Because if you've been around church at all for any, any length of time, or if you ever went to Sunday school, you heard the story of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. So let's just pretend, let's kind of erase it all, and let's pretend that this is a brand new story we've never heard before, and let's read it with that kind of anticipation because it's a crazy story, right? 
How many of you have witnessed somebody being raised from a tomb after being dead for four days? Just raise your hand. So this is an awesome story. John chapter 11, verse one, a man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Now we talked about her a while back. Remember in the message, the nobody who became world famous, you know, we were talking about Mary and that great act of love that she did for her Lord. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. So here's what's happening. Lazarus gets sick, Mary and Martha do what all sisters do. Because here's what you need to understand is Lazarus isn't just sick. He just doesn't have a cold or have the flu. He's very sick. In fact, it's safe to say they knew he was right on the verge of death. And so they were sending message to Jesus who was a ways away doing ministry somewhere else. They sent a message right away to him and said, Lazarus is very sick. Your friend Lazarus is sick. Come and help. Now, why would they send help to send word to Jesus? Why would they ask Jesus? Huh? Because they know he can heal him. See, they've been around long enough, they've known Jesus enough in his earthly ministry, in his adult ministry, to know that Jesus can perform miracles. And so they go to Jesus because they want Jesus to come and heal him. Otherwise, they would have just said, Pray for Lazarus, he's dying. Go get Jesus. Now, seriously, pretend you've never heard this story before. What do you expect Jesus to do next? You're Mary and Martha. Your brother's dying, and you know that. And you're dear friends with Jesus, the miracle worker. And so you say, send word and go tell Jesus that Lazarus, his friend, his dear friend, is dying. What's your expectation? (laughs) That Jesus is gonna go, he's gonna gather up all his things and he's gonna say, guys, to his disciples, let's go. We gotta go right now. Lazarus is dying. We gotta drop everything and we've gotta go to our friend's house. Right? So how upset are you to find out that Jesus' response is, hey guys, just got word, Lazarus is sick. He knows, by the way, he's going to die. And he goes, but we're gonna hang out here for a couple of days. All the while knowing that it's a two-day walk to Bethany. Some of us have a problem with that, right? Am I the only one in the room who has a problem with that? I mean, I have a... I, <laughs> um, Sometimes we need something from the Lord. We need an answer. We need a deliverance. We need resurrection power. We need help, healing. We need hope. And we go to the Lord and we're crying out. Sometimes we need all of those things for our loved ones and we go to the Lord and we're crying out and we're saying, Lord, the one that you love, the one that you've promised to take care of, me, I need help. Can you come? 
And you expect, and we anticipate the Lord dropping everything and coming to our aid and coming to help, only to find out that on purpose, he delayed. I have issues with that. In fact, the closer I get to the Lord, sometimes the harder that is to swallow because in my own personal world, in our own personal tragedy, my theology messes me up because I know how sovereign God is. I know how powerful God is. I know all the promises of God that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, and yet, he allowed some things to happen in our world. He allowed some things, some bad people to do some really bad things, and he stood by and watched, and my theology has a problem with that because I know he's standing there watching, and how would he ever allow that to happen? If he's a loving God, right? Lazarus's case, Mary and Martha. If he really is our friend, why did you wait two days knowing it's a two-day walk? Why would you do that? Is anybody tracking with me? You get what I'm saying? That's hard. But what Jesus knew that no one else knew, because he's God and because he's Jesus, was that he was going to bring resurrection power into the middle of their sorrowful situation. And he needed them to be in the middle of the sorrow. He needed Lazarus to be dead so that he could bring resurrection power to bear. You get it? But we're not okay with that. Because we're in a hurry to heal Lazarus, but Jesus wasn't. He wasn't in a hurry at all. He had a plan, and in his sovereignty, because he is God, and in his wisdom, he knew that the delay would bring two things into light. It would increase the faith of his loved ones that he truly loved, and they were good friends, but it would bring maximum glory to himself and to the Father in heaven. Let me just pause here and ask a question. Um, is there anyone here today who needs resurrection power? As I have been talking, you've been saying, yeah, that's exactly where I am. I need some help. And it doesn't seem like the Lord's listening. It doesn't seem like he's coming fast enough. I need some help. I need him to bring resurrection power to bear on the things that are happening in my world, the things that I am wrestling with right now, and they're real things. And I have been praying and asking, and he's just not coming. Is there anyone here today who would say, I need some resurrection power to come into my heart? I need some resurrection power to enter into my life. It's available to you today. I want you to see from the story that it's available to you in full measure. I believe that Jesus is on his way in some of your lives, maybe many of your lives, with an abundance of resurrection power for you. It's just, you got to hang on. 
And you gotta hang on to the hope of what you know about Jesus. And the story helps us to know that even in the delay, he's on his way, that he does care and that he does love you and that he has a plan for you. Some of you are dealing with a soul that is dead to God right now. You might be hearing my voice. You might be sitting in this room. You might be at home. And you know in your heart that you don't know the Lord. And maybe you're seeking the Lord, but you haven't accepted him as your savior. You have not humbled yourself and repented of your sins before him and received his gift of salvation and called on his name. The Bible says that you are dead in your trespasses and your sins. There's death inside of you and you need resurrection power of Jesus Christ to save you today. I just wanna say to you that Jesus is calling your name and he's calling out to you today. And if you will just believe and you will put your faith in Jesus Christ to save you, he will save you today. He's offering that to anyone who needs. Aren't we glad? Aren't we glad we're still in a day where grace is free? Aren't we still glad that today is the day of salvation? Don't harden your heart, the scripture says. If you hear his voice today, answer the call. He's offering you resurrection power and he he will wake up all that is dead inside of you. Some of you here are in desperate need of revival. You know the Lord, but you need a fresh stirring of your faith. You've allowed your soul and your heart to grow cold to the things of God. And maybe it's because of disappointment. Maybe it's because of life circumstances. Maybe it's just because you got lazy and you stopped pursuing the Lord and you're feeling the consequences of that and you need a revival today. Jesus' resurrection power is available to you today to revive anything that is dead in you today. Some of you are, some of you are in dead marriages right now. And maybe nobody knows it but you and your spouse. But the warmth is gone The intimacy uh, is a thing of the past. The closeness that you used to have has disappeared. I want you to listen to me very carefully. If you will make the proper adjustments in your world today, Jesus Christ will bring resurrection power to bear in your marriage and renew the death that is between you and your spouse and revive your relationship and instill love back into your hearts. It's a lot of work. Anybody wanna say amen without offending your spouse? It's a lot of work, it is. We have a lot of work to do and they always say, you know, it takes two to tango. I don't know what a tango is, but it takes two to tango. (laughs) But I can promise you 
Though you're sitting here and your heart is broken and you know I, we need, we are desperately in need and we're sitting here smiling because we're supposed to sit here and smile but no one knows the death and darkness that's in our relationship and that we're gonna go home today and we're not even gonna talk to each other for the next week until we come back to church. That is not God's will for your life and Jesus wants to reach in and he wants to touch that relationship and his resurrection power will come to bear and renew that which has been lost and wake up your hearts to each other again. Some of you, some of you have some strongholds. Some of you have some addictions that are holding you captive and you need a strong resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ to help you break those strongholds. I just wanna say to you, the Lord Jesus is offering to you resurrection power, real resurrection power to help you break those addictions and break those strongholds and you can give it to the Lord and you can walk free of those things. Do you believe it? Is there any faith in the church today? It takes faith to believe that this resurrection power is available. Jesus is about to walk into some of your deadness right now, just as he did in Bethany 2,000 years ago. Look at verse 17 of John chapter 11. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So they had to get, he, he was right on the edge of death, right? Whenever they sent the messengers, those messengers had to go. It probably took them two days to find Jesus. Jesus waited two days. So right in that time is when Lazarus died because Jesus waited two days and then it took him two days to get to Bethany. And so he's been dead in the tomb for four days. Now that's a real problem. Jump to verse 38. Jesus came to the tomb it was a cave and a stone laid across the entrance. And Jesus says, take away the stone. Now you know that Jesus knows all things, right? Say yes. Yeah. Yes, Jesus knows all things. So I, sometimes when you read the scripture, there's almost some humor in it, you know? Like Jesus knows what's about to happen. Take away the stone. He, Jesus didn't go take away the stone. <laughs> That'll make sense here in a second. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Now back in, in verse 25, when Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, he's talking to Martha, remember? And he says, do you believe this? That those who believe in me, even if they're dead, they will live. Do you believe this, Martha? And what did Martha say? Yes, Lord, I believe. But who is the one protesting here? You would think that after him saying that, which is just moments before, that when he said, take away the stone, she'd go, hurry up, let's go, let's take away the stone. Jesus is gonna raise Lazarus, but she doesn't, she protests. And this is what she says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Now she's the one who is cleaning the house the whole time, so that really is important to her, right? If you have the King James Version, I love the King James Version. By now, Lord, he stinketh, is what the King James, we have a stinker here. I, mean, I almost titled the sermon, The Stinker That Got a Second Chance. That was almost the title of the sermon today. 
Here's the deal. Biologically, okay, let's just talk biology here. Biologically, as soon as your heart stops pumping blood, your body begins to decay. Cells begin to break down. Your body starts to decay. But by the third day, I know this is gross, okay, so turn me off if you need to. Just 72 hours into that process, the decomposing tissues of your body begins to stink and emit green liquid. Your body then begins to emit what's called hydrogen sulfide and methane gases. You don't want to smell that. That's three days in. So when you're four days, you're a mess. You're turning into jello at that point, right there. Say hello to Lazarus. This is the condition when Jesus arrives on the scene. Four days dead, he's a jello mess. You know I love you, right? Right? You, believe, you trust that? Well, I hate to say it, but this is the condition every single one of us are in when Jesus enters our world. We're a mess. Our hearts are a mess. Our lives are a mess. And most of the time, everyone around us knows it but us. And Jesus walks into that and shows up on the scene. And he knows we're a mess when he gets there. Oftentimes, those who are closest to us, who know us really well, when Jesus comes onto the scene, sometimes they'll actually protest and say, it's too late for him. He's a mess. He's a jello heap. You don't understand what's going on. His life is too late. But Jesus is looking into the darkness of the tomb and he knows that he's about to release resurrection power into that darkness, into that cave of stench that's going on there and he's going to make all things new again. That's what Jesus does when he touches your life. He's going to, by just the sound of his voice, breathe into that which is dead. And he's going to breathe life into it. But Martha's like, it's too late, Lord. <laughs> Listen to me. The message of this story that I see here is that it's never too late. That it's not over you know, we say it's not over till the fat lady sings. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and anyone who believes in me will live even after he is dead. Do you believe this, Martha? Friends, do you believe it really? I need, to, I need to ask you that and lean into that because sometimes we just, we say we do, but we really don't. Before we were saved, we were a total mess. The Bible says we're, there's not one righteous thing that you can do. 
All of your righteousness, the things you think you do are right, are filthy rags compared to God's holiness. Your heart is deceitful and wicked above all things and it's desperately wicked. No one can understand it. You can't understand it. You don't know how totally depraved you really are. But that's where Jesus loves to step in with his resurrection power, just like here. He's been dead for four days. He stinks. That's right where I want him to be. Don't you know? I waited on purpose because when you think it's over, I wanna show you that it's not. I wanna show you what my power can do, what resurrection power can do. Jesus said to her in verse 40, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Didn't I hint at it? Didn't I already tell you that? That all you have to do is believe, Martha? Here's the lesson in it. If you know Jesus can, but you doubt he will, then turn up your faith. I want to scream in the pages here, Martha, come on, sister, it's Jesus. If anybody can, he can, right? Yeah, well, that's because we know the rest of the story. How many times have we been in a place where we've doubted and we don't know? Is he, can, will he do it? Can he do it? The answer is, yes, he can. And he will bring resurrection power to bear. Believe him for the miracle if anybody can do it. In fact, the only person who can do it is Jesus. And the reality is, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So they took away the stone, verse 43, and he shouted, Lazarus, come out. I love this. And the man who died came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes and his face wrapped with a head cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You know what they say? Is this some interesting things here? I just wish I had more time to talk through it with you. There's some interesting things here because he shouted Lazarus's name with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He hollered into the tomb. They actually say that because Jesus is the giver of life, Jesus actually is the all life is in Jesus. Jesus is the creator of life. You know that Jesus was there creating life at the beginning when the world was created, superintending, and, and he was actually the creator. They say that if Jesus just said, come out, that every person, every tomb would have flown open, every dead person in the graveyard would have come out because he said, come forth. And so he said, Lazarus, come out. And who came out? Lazarus came out. I have so many goosebumps just thinking about being there at that graveside when Jesus declared that. And here comes, here comes Lazarus, you know, all bound up and everything. Here's the significance of this. Do you remember the day when you were dead in your trespasses and sins and your life was a mess and you were in such a deep need for salvation and a deep need for resurrection power? 
Do you remember the day that Jesus called your name? Your name. You know that he, you can't get saved unless he calls your name. You can't experience the resurrection power unless Jesus calls your name. We talked about it earlier. He's the only way to salvation, and the scripture is clear. You cannot come to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can't come through the Lord Jesus Christ unless the Holy Spirit comes and draws you and calls you by name and touches your heart and touches your mind and opens up your eyes to see the truth because the scripture says that without that, all of this stuff about the gospel and Jesus and resurrection power is foolishness to you. And so there's a time for every one of us that the Holy Spirit comes and calls you by name. Dave, come forth. Dan, come forth. Steve, come forth. Are you gonna call any women? Well, the men need more help than the women do. <laughs> And I don't want to deal with some of your wrath. Katie, come forth. <laughs> Just sorry, Katie. I'm sorry about that. And how is it when we come forth? We're just like Lazarus. We're all, you know, we're in our stuff. And this is when he says, bind him or, or unbind him. What, what does it say? <laughs> unbind him and let him free, set him free. Let him loose. And that's what we go about doing the rest of our days, that Holy Spirit working inside of every one of us and that resurrection power, not just coming to bear for salvation, but coming to bear for sanctification, coming to bear on our lives so that we can spend the rest of our lives stripping off the grave clothes and putting on righteousness and living for Jesus so that we can help other people come out of the same condition. I have this life in me. I have this faith in me, and I want you to have it. I want you to know that resurrection power is available for you today. Right now, Jesus can touch the deadness in your life, whatever it is. Before you leave this morning, you can hear him calling your name and calling you out of the darkness. <clears throat> I wanna ask you this question. Do you always look through your, my best days are behind me glasses or my best days are ahead of me glasses? I just wanna ask that question for you. Are you living with the misconception that all of this miracle stuff, all this resurrection power stuff is in the past, that all of this resurrection stuff is just ancient Sunday school flannel graph stuff and it's not real for today and it doesn't work today like it did back here. You want some theology according to Dove Chocolate? You ever read the little thing inside? Did you know that there's a message inside the Dove Chocolate? Well, some, some brother gave this to me the other day, and this is what it says. Inhale the future and exhale the past. I love that. Some of you today need to go get yourself some Dove Chocolate Theology and 
exhale the past and inhale some future and inhale some truth that the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ can come into your life. Whenever he saves us, the scripture says that all things, all the old is gone and all things have become new. Do you believe that? You are living in newness and your old stuff is in the past and all the best stuff is yet to come. Now you gotta do your part, right? You gotta dig in, you gotta grow. But I believe today that the best stuff is ahead of you. Is there something you long for? Is there a sinful pattern that needs to be broken in your, lo- your life? Today's message is this. Come to Jesus with your arms open to receive resurrection power in all of those areas. Let him take your sorry, broken, disastrous past and breathe new resurrection life into it where up until this point there's just been stinking, oozing, green, gassy death. Because my friends, we serve a risen Savior. He's alive in the world today. Why don't you start playing for us, Keely? In fact, he's as alive in the world today as he's ever been. He's still saving marriages, right? He's still healing diseases. He's still freeing people from the grip of addictions. He's still delivering people from the slavery of sin. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is here today to do for you what he did for Lazarus and what he has done for countless others. And that's really good news, my friends. In fact, it's the good news that we remember when we partake in communion together because we remember the work that the Lord did for us that released resurrection power into our world. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Christ had to come and be sacrificed for the sins of mankind so that we can have salvation. He paid the price for you and for me. And when we take communion together, we remember what he did and we're thankful. And we give our hearts anew and afresh to him during this time. The team's going to sing over us a beautiful song. And while we're doing that, the scripture says we should be examining our hearts. And I just wanna say to you that right now, you can start the process of receiving the resurrection power in whatever is dead in your life. Just go to the Lord and talk to him about it and release it to him. And he will be there to help and receive you. Let's go before the Lord and examine our hearts. And then the way we do this here, if you're new to us, is we will, I will come back after we sing a little bit and after we've had time to talk to the Lord. And um, we'll partake together and I'll lead you in that, okay? God bless you as you examine your heart before the Lord.
Savior sing the high string in Dina's small child of weakness watch and pray find in me thine all in all Jesus paid it all all to him I owe sin had left a crimson stain he watched it white as So Jesus took the bread that last time he met with his disciples and he broke it and he said, this represents my body, which is broken for you. When you eat it, remember me. Let's remember the Lord together. He then took the cup and talked to them about the significance of what it represents because it represented his shed blood without which there would be no forgiveness of sin. He had to shed his blood. And so when we drink, we remember that he shed his blood for the sins of all of us. Let's remember him together. Come on now, let's stand and praise the Lord for all that he has done for us. Say 
Jesus, we want to thank you that you didn't pay just part of it, that you didn't come with mediocre power, that you didn't just select a few of us. You came and paid it all for all of us, held nothing back, spared no expense, and we're so grateful for that. And I pray that you will see in us a people that will answer the call that you, when you call our names and you call us out, that we will answer that call and we will be people who will give our hearts to you and give those things that we're holding back to you so that your resurrection power can move in us, change us, and then work through us to bring salvation to bear on the world around us. And we pray this in your powerful name, Lord Jesus. Amen.